Welcome back to Sell It With Bell, episode 30, where we continue to build perspective and knowledge through the stories of our guests. Today, we got my man, Baron Bell, over here. He runs a couple, he uh, participates in running a couple uh, marketing agencies. Very exciting. He has his own apparel line. And man, how you, you're staying, it sounds like you're staying busy these days. I, I do stay busy for sure. Yeah, I keep busy. <laughs> man, I want to dive into it because I feel like you can, for the viewers, I want the viewers to get out of how they can really maybe start growing their business through, you know, marketing techniques and stuff. Because, you know, in all honesty, that may be the biggest struggle. Like people have the idea, but they don't really know how to, you know, grow it and gain an audience. And, you know, I feel like this episode in particular is very exciting because I feel we'll be able to offer some of that to the guests with whatever they're starting. Yeah, I think uh, this episode is going to be really valuable for like a lot of people that may or may not know a little bit about marketing or like they have some intermediate knowledge about marketing. At the end of the day, there's marketing that works and there's marketing that's kind of four or five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But really what what matters is understanding what the core principles are. And then applying them in a way that's relevant today in today's digital age, you know. So, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk all about it. I'm I'm really excited to get started and and to you know contribute. For sure. I'm sure you went through just a lot of trial and error just to like become sufficient in, in the area of marketing in itself, correct? Yeah, for sure. Cool. So I want to kind of take it back. Where did you, uh, where do you start off in this journey of life, man, to become a, become a master marketer? Where did you really start? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, okay, let's bring it way back. Let's, let's talk bring about way back. <laughs> way back. We'll, we'll talk about those like intentions, you know, where, where they're, where they're, you know, kind of what, uh, what shaped me as, as a person. So, so let's go back to, um, I came to Canada when I was about four and a half years old. I came here with my parents, with my sister and, uh, it was their, my parents' second time, uh, migrating. They actually left Russia initially. Uh, long story short, KGB was after them because they, you know, had money and they were using their money to house like Jews that couldn't afford to, to, you know, feed themselves and afford shelter and whatnot. So they had to leave all their money behind, go to Israel, start from scratch. <clears throat> Hated Israel, obviously, because it's stressful <laughs> living in Israel, obviously. Um, so uh, after, after some time there, they decided to leave. They left a lot of what they had with their parents. And they came again with nothing. You know, they started from scratch twice. I can't, I still, it's hard for me to fathom that. Um, but I could see it in their work ethic. You know, my mom went straight to school to top up her knowledge on, you know, archi- you know, to be an architect, like a really good architect here. Um, my dad was working two jobs. Uh, he was, um, he was a janitor at a bakery. And then he was also looking to see, okay, can I find investors that are willing to flip homes, that are willing to buy properties, build custom homes, sell them, and so on and so forth. So he was just doing that left, right, and center. He was trying to build, you know, make connections and establish relationships. And I just saw them hustling, dude. Like my parents were barely home when I was a kid. Um, I was at home mostly with my sister, which was kind of nice because when I was eight years old, she went to university. So I had a little bit of, you know, living with a sibling and then a little bit of I'm an only child, um, and I got to develop my independence that way. So that was really great. But yeah, dude, they were uh, they were hauling ass. They were really hustling, um, doing everything that they could, and they started working their way up, saving money. They started flipping homes themselves. You know, my mom would design, my dad would build. It was like synergy, you know. And I was alert, I was learning a lot. I was learning a lot from them, not just from what they were doing, what it takes, you know, the grit, the resilience the passion, the intention, but also, um, 
you know, just the sacrifice that goes into it to, to be relentless, to chase after something with sheer unrelenting force, you know, like to, to really push beyond your limits to obsess. Cause it's oftentimes for a lot of people where the trajectory changes, where that inflection point occurs is where they really begin to obsess about what they're doing. So I learned that and, uh, and I began applying it. So it's funny, it happened kind of randomly. So I was a kid and, you know, I was going to school and playing Call of Duty. <laughs> I was playing Call of Duty dude, and, uh, and I got pretty competitive. I, I really liked gaming. So um, I joined this clan and we would like do trick shots. I don't know. Did you play Call of Duty? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Modern Warfare 2? Uh, Modern Warfare 2, obviously, but the big one I was hooked on was MW3. Okay, yeah, that, that one came a bit after. So M- MW2 was, like, my shit. You know? That was like, prime. That was, it was prime, dude. It was it changed, like, everything. So I was playing that game, and, and you know, you were doing, like, 360, opening up your fucking Predator missile, tack knife, whatever. All this nonsense, <laughs> you know? And then shooting someone, die, and, you know, you put that on YouTube, and it gets views. So... We started doing that, and then I started kind of getting creative with it. I'm like, hmm, I like music. At the time, I was listening to, like, liquid dubstep and D&B and whatever, trance. And I was like, let's uh, let's get this music, let's get these clips, let's make a montage. And I saw other people doing it, and I'm like, okay, like this is a good opportunity to start doing it. So I did it. And then YouTube became monetized. I didn't make much out of it, but it was like my first sort of online, make it, you know, doing something kind of shattered my expectations of how you can be successful, right? Like my parents were doing this and, and, you know, they're in this place, they're in a physical place and everything that they're doing, they have to go to a job near, near where we live. And, you know, there's these investors that my dad is trying to talk to and they are in the vicinity, you know, like there's, he doesn't have a website, he's not doing any marketing. And then here I am making a couple bucks online playing games crazy wild you know what i mean and and it kind of it changed my perspective a little bit so one thing led to another i'm like applying for schulich school of business dude and i'm like i'm gonna start a blog you know i was working out a lot you know i was intermittent fasting before it became a trend and i started writing about this stuff you know i'm like okay well here's what i know about intermittent fasting based on these blogs let me just share this information with other people and and tell them how i'm applying it and you know people can sort of follow my journey it was called the journey for strength and i was talking about meditation and all this stuff and uh and people found some value out of it people really appreciated it i was talking about how i was breathing when running like and how i sort of figured out like this is kind of you know a way that is helpful for me to breathe and uh and so that happened and then i went to school and my entrepreneurial journey kind of just flatlined cuz school was a lot and i was double major in finance and econ i was going to be a banker getting all these some credentials and the CSC so I can, you know, enter the retail and do all this stuff. And, uh, and school kind of killed my creativity. It killed my entrepreneurial spirit, but there is one thing that it did give me one really massive thing. If you're going to school, make sure you're, you're really making the most out of it. You're not just going to school, taking classes, going home, but go to school and immerse yourself in the culture. Try to contribute try to be a part of it and lead some change. So I ended up joining council 
any college council. I don't know if you ever went to York University, but um, it was a pretty phenomenal experience. I learned a lot about leadership. Um, you know, there was about 14 people on council and 8,000 people that were running events for, like whether they're academic or social events and whatnot. You know, we had a, we had an office and like people were welcome to come and join. Um, we would study together. We would do all kinds of stuff together. So that also changed my life. And then obviously I went to a rave. (laughs) My first rave, I went to a rave and I had a life changing experience and it also opened up my world. So There's all these things, like I know it sounds a little fragmented, but there's all these things that kind of contributed to shape me because I saw sacrifice, I saw perseverance, I saw dedication and obsession. And then I also was able to work with a lot of people to do a lot of great things in a leadership sort of role and to be empowered, to empower others. And then I had this experience at a rave where I was like, man, people are really awesome. (laughs) People are great. I just want to help people. I'm just an empathetic guy and I want to use my grit to inspire other people to have grit. I want to learn as much as I can and then transfer that knowledge so I can help other people build themselves up. Like I've been building myself up. And then I got my job at the bank killed my creativity again man worst decision um not the worst decision Mm. because i'll tell you why it verified to me that that life is not for me Mm. and that's actually a plus yeah a huge one it was a it was a big benefit i went through it i was uh in the um what was it called they had like a spotlight, essentially. It was like the quarterly spotlight for being a top performer. And I didn't really feel good about it. And that was kind of a red flag. I had my branch manager telling me, oh my God, you should be so proud of yourself. And I wasn't, you know, <laughs> right? Like, why am I not, why am I not happy? Yeah, but literally, you know, like, why am I not happy about this? Um, and it's just fundamentally because of what I was doing, you know, like it, my actions were not aligned with my identity and my beliefs and my values. And I realized that. And then come my, you know, one of my best friends, Kingsley, uh, he was uh, going to school, not happy with what he was learning. He was well above, he was going to OCAD at the time, but dude, he was far beyond like a lot of people that he was, uh, you know, studying with in the graphic design program and advertising. Um, So he came to me and he's like, hey, I'm going to start a digital marketing agency. And I said, dude, that's awesome. You should do it. You know, like, you know, that's amazing. Um, What's digital marketing? He's like, well, you know, you should, you should definitely look into it, you know, like here, let me show you. And he pulls out his phone and he like, we're on Facebook and Instagram and he's like scrolling on Instagram and then an ad pops up and he's like, you know, this is paid for. And I'm like, well, who's paying for it? He's like this company. And then he goes to the profile and you're like, and and he tells me, he's like, this page is getting managed by, by like marketers. And it hits me. It's like, I didn't even think about this, you know? And then I I go home and dude, I am just, this is a new avenue, you know, like this is, there's, I'm going to indulge myself in this now. Exactly. I open up my laptop. I just start researching SEO. Okay. Websites, whatever. Google, Facebook, Instagram, Hmm. Shopify. 
Ah. <laughs> People starting e-commerce businesses, working from home, 20K a month, 30K a month. What's happening? This is crazy. <laughs> you know? That's what you see, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was, dude, I was still in my dress shirt and dress pants. It's like 4 a.m. I have to go to work the next day. I still have to study. I have like exams that week. I remember this day, dude. I close my laptop and I'm just sitting there like, oh, what am I doing? 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 So I go shower. I get dressed. and I go. I just pulled an all-nighter. It was terrible. <laughs> and, um, and my branch manager can see that I'm a little unmotivated. So I'm like, Elham, I'm going to be honest with you. This isn't for me. You know, tell me how long you need me until we can find someone else. You know, it's not a two weeks notice. Um, I'll stick around for as long as you need me to. So I stuck around for like about six weeks. And then I dived right in to the digital marketing agency with Kingsley. We co-founded Strawberry Media. Over the course of about three years, there was a lot of learning, a lot of growth, a lot of trial and error. From the beginning, I mean, it, it was just a period of time where you could do almost anything and it would work because it was, just, it was just so cheap to advertise on Facebook, on Instagram, even Google. It was very affordable. You could get tons of impressions, CPMs, like cost per million to reach a thousand people. It was like, I don't know, man, like five, 10 bucks. Now it's like 20, 25 bucks, depending on what you're doing. They might even be more competitive. I have clients in the States right now, like I'm paying 25, 30 bucks, you know? And, uh, but at the time it was totally different. We opened up some Shopify stores for ourselves. We bootstrapped. I picked up the phone, called people all over the city. You Don't know, you just like, love cold calling? Dude, I, I hate it. <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. I did it too much, man. Sick of it. Cold calling sucks. All but, those phone calls, just you hear the sound of it clanging back up. Uh, it's like, oh. but you know what? Cold calling taught me a lot. And, you know, if, if I, when I do have a kid and, and they want to do any sort of, uh, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs say this. Yeah, my kid's definitely going to do door-to-door sales. <laughs> Everyone says this, you know? I'm not giving them no money. <laughs> no, like my kid's going to hustle. They're going to get doors closed on them. They're going to cry, drop to their knees and be like, wow, I hate what I'm doing. You need that, you know, it, you need that in order to, uh, you know, transcend to the next level. Cold calling was important. Um, would I have done things a little bit differently now that I know what I know? Yeah, probably. I would probably uh, not look so, you know, just Toronto. I would like branch out. I'd probably run more ads, you know, and, and, and get some, you know, some inbound leads. But at the time we were bootstrapped, you know, so we got some clients and, and a lot of people were doing well. We were building our portfolio. We were hiring people from abroad. Um and, uh, and strawberry media went well, you know, COVID happened. We lost a lot of our business in one freaking day. And, uh, then we started running ads, us, UK, we started closing clients, another paradigm shift, you know? Uh, and, and then, you know, as things went on, me and my co-founder, we didn't agree on, you know, how we wanted to move forward. Um, but like, we really value our friendship and we respect each other a lot. So we're like, you know, let's not continue without each other. You know, Strawberry Media was kind of like our project, our baby, and we were successful with it. Let's close this chapter and then start the next one. So that's what we did. Um, I worked at a, at a real estate organization. It was, it's uh, Toronto's 
first fully integrated real estate organization where they do uh, development management, project management, marketing and sales, uh, essentially for developers, like launching a project from zero to hero. Uh, they had an in-house sales team and they brought me on board. I built an in-house marketing team. I was the marketing director at Faro. It was a fantastic experience as well. We grew really, really quickly last year. And then again, I, I kind of thought, you know, I am helping all these clients on the side. I have con- consulting clients. I'm constantly helping people grow their business, set up funnels, you know, make sure things are working, run lead generation campaigns that actually, you know, produce results. And I was doing great last year and I said, I want to go back to doing that. Like I, I really want to continue helping businesses grow. I want to help entrepreneurs, business owners, people that are just working and they need my help. Why would I not offer my help to people that need it? You know? So that's when aesthetics came along. Um, and it's very recent. Aesthetics is super recent. It's kind of funny that you reached out to me now because I just finished setting up everything on the back end. The funnel is done websites tip top if you want to check it out adsthetics.co um that's a a digital marketing agency a a niche digital marketing agency where i help uh people essentially generate high quality leads for their cosmetic clinic or aesthetics practice or med spa uh, at the lowest possible cost and then convert them on autopilot in the background by use of a funnel. And that's really important now. We can talk a little bit about that uh, as well, why a funnel is necessary nowadays. It was totally optional like five years back, but now it's absolutely necessary to have it. Um, so so yeah, there's there's a lot to say about aesthetics.co for sure, but that's pretty much my story and, and how I ended up here. Yeah. How he became an asset to basically any business that could basically utilize a marketing agency, which is probably every business in the whole world. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's nice to see how you were kind of built up from like your parents uh, migrating twice with nothing. It kind of feels like your characteristic traits may have been built from mm-hmm. maybe an earlier age. Yeah. And then you kind of struggled to kind of find your path, you know, going to school and then, you know, leaving the banking job. I mean, so when you're in your room and you, you search up SEO on your laptop and stuff, like there's something there, there's something more there. So can we like maybe dive more into like that area? What, when you go shower, you come back, mm-hmm. like what's, what's, what's next? What's going on in my head? Is it just pure trial and error? Like, like I have to master this or. So at the time, what we did was we went straight to learning. I went into like learning mode, just absorbing. Straight YouTube or um, Google? YouTube, Google, a lot of different websites. Uh, we found some mentors. Some of my biggest mentors are like, uh, and, and again, you want to find mentors not necessarily around you, but the best mentors in the industry or the vertical that you're in. So some of my biggest inspirations, uh, I'll just start naming them, Kat Howell for Facebook ads. She's a master. She's an absolute master. She has her own academy where she teaches a lot of people how to run their own, uh, you know, um, social media advertising company. Then there's Sabri Subi, who is just massive. He has this book, Sell Like Crazy. I'm sure everyone either has heard of him, has seen his ads, but he is so talented. He does direct response copy, and he also introduced the idea of um, of funnels way back, way back. And then uh, there was Chris Doe for Creative Direction. Uh, he's a good one. He's got uh, an academy as well called The Future, where he teaches creatives to uh, start their own business, uh, whether they want to be a freelancer or they want to run an own, you know, their own agency. 
he was a really, really big influence. And then there was a lot of different authors. Like I started reading books, even aside from learning specifically about the minutia of digital marketing or lead generation or e-commerce ads on social media, all of that stuff, uh, organic growth, growth hacking, all of that, like growth marketing, there's a ton. Um, before I went into, well, during, you know, while I was learning all of the all of the technical details there, I was also reading books. You know, I was reading you know, the principles by Robert Cialdini and then Persuasion when it came out. I was reading the seven uh, critical principles of digital marketing by Qasim Aslam, which is just massive. He's got like the best Google Ads agency, uh, one of the top rated sensation solutions eight. Um, and I was reading all these books and then sell like crazy by Sabri that came out and, and I, I got it right away. There's all these different books that I was reading and it, I, you know, I started compiling everything that I was soaking in. I'm like, okay, what do I know? I know that technically these things are working, but anything can happen. Any sort of algorithmic change in a platform, you know, Apple says no more cookies, Facebook, Google goodbye. And they're, you know, obviously they're going to launch their own advertising. That's why they're doing it. Um, but this is a huge shift. This is like a huge change that's happening. So a lot of people that had so much technical knowledge before, now suddenly they have to go back to the fundamentals, which is why the fundamentals are so important. The, you know, the principles of persuasion and influence in order to, you know, and not only understand how to sell something, but how to amalgamate sales and marketing and make your marketing more effective because it also sells and vice versa. How to now add marketing into the mix. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the principles are just extremely important. So I started writing, you know, cause I, I, I'm a creative guy. Um, I like to write. So I started writing, I, I created resources, free downloadable, um, you know, eBooks for people to download. If you want to download, you want to learn about Google ads, or you want to learn about Facebook, Instagram ads, you can actually go right on my website, baronbelalove.com. And, uh, and, and there's two guides there free, freely available. We used to charge them, uh, back in the day when we offered them from strawberry media. Some of the information there might be slightly outdated, but most of the fundamental information is still very, very relevant. Um, and, and so I did that and I'm doing it now as well. I'm, you know, offering a ton of resources. If you go on adsthetics.co, uh, if you own a cosmetic clinic or a med spa, you can go on there. You can learn about, you know, some of the most massive, uh, technical changes you can make to your PPC strategy in order to actually get them to work. Um, and, uh, you can see some do's and don'ts of Facebook ads, you know, don't use the word Botox, all this and that, how to get around it, uh, if you offer it and, uh, and a ton of stuff, you know? So I like to do that. I like to, I like to learn and knowledge transfer, learn and knowledge transfer. And I think to some extent there's kind of, there's two reasons as to why, and you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head. There's you know the, within the confines of principles and the fundamentals. If you start applying some of these strategies into the way that you communicate and build relationships through marketing, then that is going to help you greatly. So, you know, what are some of these principles? If you're looking at, for example, digital marketing, empathy is a huge principle. Right, because in order to speak to your to your target audience, you have to put yourself in their in their shoes. You have to know what they're thinking in order to write direct response copy that speaks to their pain points and offers a solution. So you have to empathize. And the way that I grew up, 
essentially made me very empathetic and it translated into the way that I, you know, put myself out there and the way that I build the online presence for my clients and how that works. And, you know, so it's definitely kind of translated just the way, you know, my, my entire upbringing and sort of what I'm doing today. And I would say a great deal of success I can attribute to all of the lessons that I learned on the way here. You know, it's made me stronger, better, much faster and and definitely more efficient. Right. I like how you mentioned all of the mentors that kind of helped you pave your own path, taking little bits and pieces from them. It's clear that like you're always educating yourself, especially just like when you're trying to become a master in any topic. I mean, that topic can be broken down into so many different verticals where, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a master of each. What's your kind of opinion on that? Do you think you should be um, specific to one and kind of master that and kind of like have a general knowledge of all of them? Or are you more so, you know, I'm just going to do this one thing and anything else, someone else can do that. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. So there's pros and cons to niching down. Everyone says niche down, niche down, niche down. Every, everyone says be specific, do one specific thing, get really good at it. Um, because if you do, then you'll be that person. People will know you as that guy or girl and they'll come to you. There's pros and cons to that. There's also pros and cons to actually doing the complete opposite. So there's a lot of digital marketing agencies. They're finding their clients in all these different industries because they're not niche down. So you might grow a little bit faster or you might actually grow a little bit faster if you niche down and you offer one specific thing, but you do it really, 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 really well. You speak to a specific person, you hit the nail on the head with the direct response and, uh, and you start growing your clientele from there. Even if you're not doing marketing, right? If, um, if you're an esthetician and you, I don't know, you do something like tummy tucks or liposuction or fillers or something like that, you could be the lip girl. Or when it comes to beauty, you can be the girl that people go to. How are you going to grow faster? It really depends on how you do it, but you could grow fast either way. You could definitely grow faster if you give everything and you learn practically everything, but then you'll be a jack of all trades, master of none, or so they say. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that it's black and white. I think that it's a little bit, a little bit more gray. It depends on you. It depends on what kind of business you want to grow, the empire you want to build. Um, depends on how far reaching you want to be, how much impact you want to make. You know, if if you are doing, um, you know, like right now, for example, you're doing this this podcast. It is speaking to a certain audience, but it's not super specific. Right. You know what I mean? You're not speaking to a specific gender. Right. You have guys and girls on your podcast. You're not, you know, speaking about a specific industry. You have people coming on board, contributing real estate, sales, marketing. So if somebody is watching this podcast, they're getting a lot out of it. They're getting a little bit of sales, a little bit of marketing, right? So how do you think I could push that to like, and if we're talking marketing, how do you think I could grow my audience? So that's, that's also a great question. So, um, so marketing is really important. When, when it comes down to it, marketing is sort of, I would say now more than ever before, marketing is the gatekeeper of commerce. Digital marketing is the gatekeeper of commerce. And that's a lot. That's a big claim to make. <laughs> it's big words. Big, huge. But if, if you think about it, somebody sees a billboard, right? This isn't digital. They see it in real life. They see a billboard. 
baronbelalove.com. Aesthetics reviews, hmm, testimonials, right? right? Stuff like that, right? They're going directly on their phone. This thing has changed everything. This thing is as if laptops already. Right? This thing really <laughs> has changed everything. Um, and we can see it. If you, if you actually look at how much revenue Google has generated in the last couple of years, it almost doubled. Interesting. They were making so much money, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it almost doubled. So I think for you specifically, anyone who has any sort of podcast, when it comes to marketing, there's, let's talk about the principles. I think now is kind of actually a good opportunity to talk about it. You have to look at the fundamentals. Don't get, you know, distracted. There's a there's a billion and one people out there on social media, gurus telling you, hey, if you just give me a second, I'm going to show you how I made $20,000 using Facebook ads and Shopify in the last two weeks. And then, you you know, you download this thing and then there's an upsell. It's 200 bucks, no problem. You download it. You learn the same shit everyone else has. And then you start a Shopify store and you get lucky. You find a magic product. You do everything right. You just make this video that somehow is a hit on TikTok or something. And you make $20,000 and 18000 of it is actually operations and the product and the advertising. And you're like, 2000 bucks, man. I went through a lot for that 2000 <laughs> right? So don't get caught you know, by all these gimmicks and, and all these social media gurus. Look at the people that are talking about the fundamental principles. So let's talk about that. How can you grow any business today with any sort of marketing? This is, this is like very broad, but these principles work. So first of all, there's the pr- principles of persuasion and influence, reciprocity, give without expecting anything in return necessarily, right? So reciprocity, social proof. Do people dig it? If they do, I might. Trust, authority, all these guys you know, he's got some testimonials. He seems to carry himself well. You know, he's got some followers. Okay. He's got a lot of episodes. People are coming on his podcast. Who's coming on? All these guys. Oh, I know that guy. Oh, that's cool. Maybe I should listen to that podcast, right? You know, uh, there's liking. Do I like what's going on? Oh, cool. Nice, nice studio setup. You know, there's Yoshi on it, on <laughs> right? Like that's freaking awesome. And that's cool. Right. Yeah. So, so that, obviously contributes a lot consistency is he constantly banging out content is he talking about what he's doing is he talking about his values his beliefs if he does he stands by them if she does she stands by them right so these and then unity unity is a new one that robert cialdini talked about in persuasion which is a more recent book than the principles the initial one he wrote he added unity Unity is really important now, especially. It's not just about social proof where, oh, okay, if they like it, I might. But it's also about community. That's why a lot of people that are growing their brands online, they're also starting Facebook groups and all these different Slack channels, discords, right? They're getting people on board. This is huge in the NFT space, huge in the metaverse. Communities, bringing people together, having these conversations. What are you talking about? Anything. There's tons and tons and tons of communities. If you feel like you are a part of something greater, you are more willing to contribute contribute, and you are also more willing you know, to give, right? So these are the principles of persuasion and influence. And you can take these principles and you can put it into everything you do. If you're writing a caption, you try to leverage some of these principles. If you're making a podcast, 
You're trying to leverage some of these principles. What are you doing? You're, you're a lot of reciprocity, dude. I don't know if you're monetizing this or not, but this is tons of value you're giving to people for free. Like, dude, you're coming in here, you're investing your time, energy, money, and you're making it happen. Like, that's huge. You know, you're not asking for anything in return. You're not telling, you know, like, uh, I didn't pay to come on here. Right. You know, you're not yet. Right. I'm sorry. You didn't. <laughs> but, and, and like, you know, there's uh you're not putting ads yet, maybe. Um, so the fact that you're doing this, it's already big. And then just being consistent, all of that jazz. Now, aside from the principles of persuasion and influence, there's more specific principles. Like if you look at the principles of digital marketing, which Qasim Aslam actually talks about. Shout outs, Qasim. You're awesome. Um, he mentions, you know, that empathy is one of the fundamental principles. Because when it comes down to a digital marketing, and this is especially important right now because digital marketing just spans the entire funnel of an organization from sales to close to renewal and ascension. And I'll talk about that too. But, you know, you have to be empathetic. You, you really have to empathize, put yourself in your, in your target audience's shoes and provide them with value. Another principle he talks about, just like reciprocity in this set of principles, you've got, you know, over here, um, lead with, uh, so, Always lead with value and end off, you know, like give value first and last essentially is one of the principles. And this really works because this is how you build a relationship with, with your target audience. Digital marketing, you know, a lot of people think advertising, you're pushing, pushing, pushing your messaging, but you might be going the wrong way about this. If, if that's the way you're thinking, digital marketing is about pulling. It's about building a relationship, reeling people in. How do you reel people in? You give them an ad that captures their attention generate some interest. They go on a landing page. They read what you have to say. It's speaking to their pain points. It's relevant. Now they're considering what you're saying, right? We're looking at the original funnel, awareness, interest, consideration. Then what comes after that? Um, awareness, interest, consideration. Hold on. Uh, oh, the decision. So, you know, is this, do I want to do this? Do I want to pay for this? 5,000 bucks is going to cost 5,000 bucks. Can I dish out 5k right now? I don't know. Well, what, what is it going to give me? Can I expect to put in a dollar and get $3 out? So if I put 5k, maybe I'll get 15k out and I can keep going. And then the close, right? So you're doing all these things in your funnel and then it also extends. That was the original sales funnel, but then there's more. There's now there's service. You have to make sure that what you're doing is really good because anybody can pick up and go to the next guy tomorrow if they wanted to. It's never been easier to do that. Your relationships, you have to keep on building them. You have to keep giving people value, engagement, right? There's um, software platforms that I use for my business and I'm constantly getting tips from these people like HubSpot, the future, all these different subscriptions I have. It's 2022. What fundamental things do I not know by now after being in marketing for five years? Well, what about trends? You know, right now in design, gradients are really trending. I didn't know that until I actually got a newsletter about that <clears throat> earlier this year. Actually, towards the end of last year, they foresaw this sort of trend that was, you know, a lot of gradient, a lot of color, not as much, you know, 
uh, not as much uh, like dimmed down natural colors as before. Now you're seeing some brighter stuff. NFTs, right? All, all of that. You're seeing brighter, brighter, brighter companies. You look at Shopify's Instagram, literally right now, you scroll down, you'll see muted colors. You scroll back up, you see bright gradients. Sans serif fonts, those are coming back. You know, before everything was a little bit straight edge, very minimalistic over the last two, three years. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting all these different design trends. So you have to engage, right? Even after the awareness, interest, consideration, all of that, the sale, you have service, you have engagement, you have to continue to stay engaged. You know, you have to keep giving people value. Having a newsletter is huge. Um, and, and I'll actually go back to the newsletter aspect, why that's so important. And then after that, you get the renewal, right? If you stay engaged, people continue on, you know, they want to continue working with you. So you renew your relationship. If it's a subscription, a retainer, you renew that relationship. Two years, they want to update their website, even though they just did it today. In two years, something might change. They come back to you to update that website. And then after renewal, you have Ascension. Okay, this has been working for you really well. Um, you know, you've been listening to my podcast and you've been reading my newsletters. Um, you know, I, I hope that I've been giving you a ton of value. Um, and maybe, maybe you know, if, if you want to buy my course where I teach you the principles of selling, you know, whatever. Um, it's only 99 bucks, but it's a really, really smart investment for you down the line, like whatever. If you want a consultation, like we can sit down, we can do that for, for 250 bucks an hour. I don't know. You know what I mean? There's a lot of opportunity to monetize, but the ascension is what comes last. And then you go back to the very beginning, awareness. You make them aware of, of what it is, what else it is that you can offer them. You generate interest. Oh, I can I can generate more success by, you know, learning how to sell with Bell, right? All of that jazz. So understanding what the what the fundamental principles are, it's going to make an absolutely drastic change to the way that people approach marketing, sales, starting, growing a business, generating success. Um, and whatever happens, man, whatever happens, Apple, Facebook, this, that, whatever tactics change, new platforms, TikTok, whatever's next, anything that happens, it doesn't matter because these fundamental principles, they're always going to stick. They, they're, it's about human psychology more than it is about one platform of over the other or one tactic over the other. These things are, are um, they're more so inelastic. You know, they're, they're, they're there. They're the foundation. If you do these things, you will generate success somehow, right? So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's holy what I would shit! I know massive value. I just massive. feel like I just got like masterminded by <laughs> like a master marketer himself. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, you just spewed out so much game. I mean, it's I'd, I'd have to go back and watch it just to capture every single thing. But I mean, one thing that was clear. I mean, there's just so much psychology. You're talking about you know the trends, like just like fonts and stuff. Like I'm not mm-hmm. thinking about the fonts when I post. I mean, <laughs> but there's trends in everything. Like you know. Fashion. I mean, markets. I, I never really thought as deep as marketing, but I mean, um, whatever you said, Saha fonts coming back, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Man, yeah. it's, it's crazy how, you know, you were just with your friend, you decided to, you know, co-found strawberry media and now you're just spewing this out. Like it's nothing. It, just, <laughs> it seems like so much behind the scenes, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, now I just want to find out more about strawberry media. First, I got to find out 
where'd the name come from? Why is it called Strawberry Media? And then how did you kind of build it up? So Strawberry, that's a, that's a pretty good question as well. Kingsley came up with it. Kingsley came up with a logo. I thought it was genius. It was simple. It was perfect. It was a, it was a strawberry S, just a, just a red S with some seeds on it. And then the stem was an M. And I saw that and I'm like, dude. It's so fire. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm, I'm quitting my job. Um, and, uh, and so, and I don't, I don't even, like, I, I've asked him a couple times, why strawberry media? And it's funny because a lot of people have asked. And he told me like a couple different reasons why strawberry, but people kept on asking. And you know what? That made it memorable. Why strawberry? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But you're going to go home and you're going to remember strawberry. Yeah, strawberry. (laughs) Right. There's that agency that for some reason, strawberry. It's all psyche. That's that's all it is. It's, it's, uh, it's differentiation, swimming in blue waters. If, if you have a name of your company, this is pretty fundamental stuff too. If you are thinking, what do I call my company? What do I call it? You know, do I call it chairs and tables? Do I, do I call it water and bottles? I don't know. What what do you call your company? Well, the name of your company is actually really important. You want to have a name that's a little bit more differentiated, at least in some extent. Why? Because there's, I can, I have seen a billion digital marketing agency websites, a ton, just tons and tons and tons, dude. I can't remember what all of them were called. I can't, none of them really sticks out to me. Maybe there's a few, but barely because there's all these other ones that are like, I don't know, computational, whatever, like Vesa digital and like all these, whatever. There's just a ton of these different names. But when it comes to branding, when it comes to the name of your company, when it comes to the logo mark or logo type that you use, um, when it comes to your messaging, the way that you speak, what you say, you want to stand out. You're never going to please everybody. So don't aim to do that. Don't aim to be, you know, to, to please everybody, to be politically correct, even with your marketing. Um, if you look at some, you know, some advertising campaigns that have come out recently that were a little bit controversial, you look at KFC due to supply chain issues, they ran out of chicken. They put out an ad, a bucket, just a, bu- a red background bucket, FCK on the bucket instead of KFC. We're sorry, underneath. And then they explain the supply chain issues. How many people probably got offended by that? They're like, oh my God, KFC's putting fuck on their thing? Like, that's crazy. You know, some older people watching, I'm never eating KFC again. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> KFC doesn't give a shit. But they put that out there, and what did it do? It generated a ton of interest because it was controversial, right? Um, there's a ton of campaigns from a ton of big brands, big companies that are differentiated. They're different. They're controversial. They stick out. They're unique. And you'll remember those ones instead of the billions of other ones that you've seen. Because, dude, like with social media, you're scrolling on your feed. You might not even realize how many ads you're scrolling by because you're just scrolling, mm-hmm. right? On Google, you make a search. There's six, seven paid listings on that entire page, four at the top, three at the bottom, a bunch in between. You don't even give a shit about, to be honest. That's why I'm telling people, don't forget about SEO. <laughs> I just forget about it. Um and uh, you want to have a really, really good funnel. That's that's where you get the revenue generating machine as a really good funnel and then email marketing so that you can engage, renew, and ascend. Um, now it's important, especially more than ever before, because, you know, there's no more tracking. 
right? So, so if you see an ad and you click and you go on a website and you don't convert for that company, that's a lost opportunity because it's much more difficult for them to retarget you. If you told iOS that you do not want to get tracked by these apps. And right now, 96% of people decided to opt out of getting tracked. Wow. 96% of iPhone users decided to opt out of that. Holy. Yeah. So there's a lot of brands, a lot of companies thinking, what, what do I do? How do I reach these people now? You know, like I had this whole crazy retargeting thing where I would show them this ad first. And if they didn't convert on the website, I would show them another ad, you know, all website visitors who watched 30% of this video, I'm going to retarget them again. And I'm going to show them this. You can't do that anymore. Now you actually need to generate leads. You have to have an email marketing funnel that's going to convert people on the, in the background. It's more important than ever before to have a funnel, but whatever you do, whether it's, ads, emails, website, messaging, the name of your company, the brand, you absolutely have to be different. You have to stand out. It's the only possible way you have to be different. Yeah. Wow. Strawberry media. Yeah, right? <laughs> when, when I'm, let me ask you this. Since you're, um, I saw the Yahoo, um, I read through the, uh, your Yahoo feature actually. And you know, you spend a lot of, uh, the whole basic, um, thing is going around how you kind of capture someone's attention while they're scrolling down. You list some basic points there and you know, it's, it's really interesting. So I was wondering if you could just maybe break that down right now. If I'm scrolling down, down my phone late at night, what's going to make me stop and really take it and add and what's going to make me click a pattern interrupt. So if you're scrolling, I assume you're thinking social media, you're running an ad on social. This is huge for you, actually, by the way, this, this might be. So if, if somebody's scrolling on social media and you want to do some sort of a pattern, you, you, you need a pattern interrupt. What does a pattern interrupt mean? The pattern is the scroll. This is the pattern. And you need something to interrupt that scroll, right? You're scrolling and then, oh, what the fuck is this, right? So you need a lead with some sort of a pattern interrupt. A pattern interrupt is anything that looks native to a platform you know, it looks like it's, it's meant to be there, but it's wild. It's crazy. You know, it's, uh, you know, maybe it's like a, it's a supplement company that Joe Rogan has worked with. And the picture is nothing to do with the supplement whatsoever. Nobody's working out doing anything. There's nothing health related. It's Joe Rogan just like clenching his teeth and like whatever. And like, I've, it's just this ad specific ad that I, that, um, that I saw that's a pattern interrupt. You're like, what, what is this? Right. The first thing that stops a scroll is the picture. That's the pattern interrupt. So it has to be something outlandish enough to actually get somebody to stop scrolling. Same thing with Google, by the way, if you have four ads at the top of a search engine results page, let's say you search, let's say you search uh, liposuction, Texas, and you see four ads at the top. Plastic surgeon in San Antonio. Get liposuction near you today. I'm not clicking. Free liposuction consultation. Feeling fat? Get your free consultation. Some are coming in two weeks. Something like that. What the heck is this? <laughs> right? Some people might get offended. They're like, I can't believe, how dare you? The audacity click, <laughs> right? That's a pattern interrupt, right. right? That's how you, that's how you get people. So 
that's the first thing is the pattern interrupt. What follows the pattern interrupt? Okay, you caught someone's attention. There's awareness. Now you need interest. All right, so what are they doing next? They might look at the headline first or they might go to the caption. The likelihood based on, you know, data, they look at the caption first. So they scroll up, see more. Uh, Here's a massive tip. Huge tip, huge social media advertising tip. Your first sentence has to be also pretty outlandish. If it is a quote, even a quote that you create, coming from the mindset of your target demographic, as if your target demographic is thinking this. Wow, I can't believe this agency actually generated me a return on my investment for the first time with social media. What the, what's this? Aesthetics is yada, 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 right? (laughs) (laughs) Or like even do direct response. You speak a little bit more directly to them. Aren't you tired of working with agencies and ripping your hair out, trying to figure out, you know, what can you do to grow your business? And and you spent 2000 bucks on Google ads and you didn't even generate any leads out of it. And you really hit the pain points, you know, you talk about it and then slowly and steadily, you see the solution, right? The, the solution to the problem that you're having. And then the headline actually sells the click. So the pattern interrupt is extremely important. The caption is vital to actually get the person to generate enough interest to make the click. But the headline is what actually sells the click. David Ogilvy said, I think, I can't remember exactly what it was. I'm totally going to butcher it. But he said, essentially... Um, when you write your headline, you are, uh, you're, and I can't remember what it was, but essentially, um, your headline is about 50 to 80 cents out of every marketing dollar you spend goes towards the headline. So if you have a really good photo and it can be, again, an outlandish photo. It doesn't have to be some professional photo. It has to look native. That's the trick. It has to be native. It has to look like it, it belongs on that platform. So if you're advertising on TikTok, you're not putting a static image there. You're also not doing anything that looks like it was really well, you know, with good post-production, whatever. You should literally pull out your phone like, hey, guys. You just give me 10 seconds every time I'm going to show you how I made $20,000 using Shopify. Like it worked really well because it looks native, right? So that's the first thing that you do is the pattern interrupt, then the caption, but the headline's actually the most important part of the ad. And it's oftentimes the last thing that people see, not on Google, but on social. On Google, it's, it's the pattern interrupt also. It's even more valuable. But on social, the headline is what's actually going to get people to click. It's the click seller. And what are some tips there? You know, have some numbers, something logical that people can wrap their heads around. Um, you know, I lost 15 pounds before my wedding in just six weeks using this. Or do not run your own ads until you read this. Right, People love being told what they shouldn't do more than what they like to be told what they should do. People hate being told what to do. So <laughs> these are like sort of the small psychological tactics that, that really work on people. Um, 
But at the same time, like I will say this with like a disclaimer, you know, massive disclaimer. Attention is extremely valuable and, and it's extremely, extremely valuable. If you are getting somebody's attention, really be mindful of what you're doing with it. You know, so don't sell bullshit on any of these platforms. Don't make false claims and headlines. Um, you know, when, when you're speaking to people's pain points, be careful about what you say and how you say it in, in the copy. Like, I don't condone message uh, messages of negativity, you know, or anything like that. Yeah, sure. Do not run ads until you read this. Why? Because this will help you, right? Like, so, so always have good intentions when you're doing these things because people can see that. Um, they can very clearly see that in, in your advertising. So, so yeah, that's, that's how you get people to stop scrolling. That, that was perfect. Yeah. Guys, for the viewers, I mean, this is just huge game from a guy who does this on the back end of himself. I know there's tons of people watching now that want to build something for themselves. Maybe they have ideas. I mean, these are proven results. This guy has all the back end analytics, I'm sure. But these are performance based results that you can literally apply. I know myself, I'm going to go back into the episode and literally take some of this and write some of this stuff down and really feel, <laughs> really see how I can leverage it to my own advantage. And I feel everybody watching this should do the same. I know baron has a lot of free stuff in his bio on his instagram that's going to be linked down below but man um i think i gotta wrap this up there it was honestly a pleasure to talk to you pick your brain about it i'm sure it sounds like you could go on for like five more hours (laughs) (laughs) and man i I definitely would have to sit down with you again and i'd love to just to get the opportunity to you know dive into other areas or you know pick your brain on a couple other things that would be a massive massive positive too yeah man one last time thank you so much for coming on thank you bro thanks for having me on i think what you're doing is great keep it up stay consistent you know you're you're killing it thank you so much guys that's uh baron bell that's episode 30 that's episode 30 we're in the 30s now that's that's kind of crazy episode 30 um i'll catch you guys next week though next sunday every sunday i'm dropping the pods so stay up to date with those and i'll see you guys in the next one peace